Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Chris Herney joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That is uh, Back to Life by the, um, I guess, late 80s, early 90s, British soul dance group, Soul to Soul, uh, in honor of the NBA, springing back to life today after the All-Star break. Uh, you've got a uh, column up I want to talk to you about here in a minute. I have um, I have uh, tweeted it out. People can read it uh, after the show's over, of course. Uh, but before that, you watched, during the All-Star break, evidently, you watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and you're a fan? Yeah, I mean, it's not because it was the All-Star break. I'm always watching stuff, but... Um yeah, no, I, I finished it last night. It's a series on um, Amazon um, that hasn't been particularly well promoted, and I wasn't that interested in it conceptually. Yeah. But then my wife liked it, and then I heard uh, another podcast that I trust really liked it, so I watched it. It's pretty great. Pretty great. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Wasn't there a movie of this? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, sort of a, it's sort of based on that, and that, that was sort of my resistance to it initially. It was a bad so movie. Much, it was a not a good movie. Or Yes. Yeah. So, Go ahead. So so much uh, stuff now is like just you know companies that have you know quote unquote intellectual property and they're trying to reboot things that people are already familiar with because that's easier to sell and so it's sort of rooted in that to some degree but they really take it in very a very different direction. All right, so there you go. There's your uh, uh, recommendation for the day. All right, uh, your piece over at the Daily Memphian that I have tweeted out um, is uh, as the season Grizzly season. Uh, gears up again. Things to uh, things to watch for. I did think a point you made in talking about. I guess it was Gigi and writing about Gigi. I distinctly remember early in the year, you you said, you know, the Grizzlies could have two needs. One would be the wing that they've always looked for, and one would be you know bigs. What are they going to do about bigs going forward, particularly with Stephen Adams' injury, et cetera, and. Back then, I guess this was when Zaire was having a hopeful preseason. You said, you know, what would be a great thing is if Zaire emerged as as a credible wing, you could move your resources to the big. And of course, he did not, but others have. It is sort of a it in a it, you called it, but in a in a it it evolved in a very different way. Yeah, it's not so much that I called it is that that was sort of a. And I relay that in the intro to the column. That was sort of a, it was a conversation I had early at the beginning of the season with another sort of interested, interested observer of the team. And that was sort of the nature of the conversation. It was, 
you know, the Adams thing, and this was way before they traded Adams. It was like there's there's real doubt on this going forward. And now they create sort of two needs, and there's only so many resources to apply to those needs. It would be very helpful if Zaire Williams broke through, and, and, and that, that need seemed less pressing. You could focus on the other need. And that's not exactly what's happened, but, but the other, like, others have emerged. Like, you know, Vince Williams and Gigi Jackson have emerged, and that puts less stress on this constant pursuit of, of help on the wing. Which is not to say that they, that they that they will not add talent on the wing. I think that's one area where you can always add talent because there, there's so much more utility to those kind of players. So you can't have too many good wings. But it's certainly a less pressing situation now. I think that's going to be very helpful to them as they go into the summer. It is interesting, though. Isn't of their various needs, if you're counting uh, Bain, Marcus Smart, Vince Williams... Gigi and Luke Kennard, it's it's the least pressing need, right? I mean, backup point guard is, I guess, yeah, other players can play backup point guard, I guess, but I mean, big is obviously their primary need, right? And, but then what's their after that? Yeah, big is their primary need. I, I, I mean, I mean that presupposes Kennard is back, which which they have sort of suggested is likely. I, I'm not ready to lock that in as a certainty. Just just when you look at when you actually do the math, I think I think there's going to be more of a question to that than right. maybe it appears from a distance. Um, I, I think shooting period is just a need across all positions. Right. I think shooting and size are both needs because they're pretty small um, size wise, and so you know positionally centers their biggest need. Um, the backup point guard thing is an interesting question because, I, you know, they, they, it seems like they're still committed to keeping Derrick Rose on the 15-man roster, but Derrick Rose at this point is a third-string point guard. He's only a fourth-string point guard. Right. And so I think the hope is that Scottie Pippen Jr. on a two-way can be the actual third-string point guard next season. And then you have, you know, Morant. Your core rotation is probably Morant, Bain, Smart. You don't necessarily need another point guard every night. But that, you know, between Pippen and Rose, you got enough behind them. So I, I think that is likely just because of the, you know, I, I think that they could see a guard they like and like that, that second round pick or whatever. But I, I think I think you only have so many roster spots at that point. All right. So Gigi obviously um, is uh, he's, he's the most fun to, to, to watch for the next uh, for the next 26 games. Um, what? I mean, you've mentioned that the shooting is a small sample size. So what would, we, we would like to see the shooting continue. If you saw this level of shooting continue for the year, you'd be a little more persuaded that it's real. What else from Gigi um, is there to see? What would you like to see? Over I, these next you know, I just, I don't know, you know, 20-something games at the back end of a season we had in the playoffs, there's a limit to how much certainty you take from anything, sort of anything you see. Right. But, like, you know, you just want to see him play well. You want to see him hit the boards. You want, you want to see him, um, you know, move the ball. You want to see him play defense. You, I, you know, I want to see him and Jaron play together a little bit because I think if Gigi Jackson's going to be a major part of the team, you're going to see some Gigi and Jaron as the two biggest guys on the floor. Like, those lineups are going to be inevitable as you're trying to maximize the playing time of your best players. So I'm interested in seeing a little bit more of that as we go. And I, I'm looking, you know, I want to see him, because I think he's going to have bad games, because everybody does. I want to see him, like, have bad games and then bounce right back from him. I, mean, I think that would be good to see. Um, it'll be interesting, that lineup as a rebounding lineup. Um, and obviously Vince Williams helps um, in, you know, in, in, in that context. Jaron. Jaron uh, has played 51 games. 
Um, you think there will be, so there's 26 left. In order to be eligible for postseason uh, awards, he's got to get to 65. So you think, th- th- I mean, I imagine he would anyway, barring some right. injury. But you think that would be something that they would be, be trying to tick off, right? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if they care about that. I think they should. I think he should. And so, and so, I mean, I, I think that is something, you know, that it would be you know, at least have one guy, you know, who, who hits that right. number. I, so I, I think, you know, I don't know if that's an overarching goal for the Grizzlies, but I think it's something in the long checklist of things. Right. I think that's something they should be cognizant of. Yeah. It's respectful to him to do that. You know, I mean, right. if, if it's not a priority, it's certainly respectful. Um, he's uh, the, the, the team that you think he might make is one of the all-defense teams? You think he still has a shot there? I, I think there's – I don't know if he has a shot just because of the team's performance. Right. But I think there's a case to be made. If you're just, like, honestly assessing who are the best defensive players in the league, I think he is not a candidate for defensive player of the year to repeat there and should not be. But I think if you're talking about, like, who are the best defenders in the league, he is still in that conversation. And you look at the fact that he has been the one constant all season on this team, and for all that's gone wrong, as of today, they're the tenth ranked defense in the league. They you know, like they've maintained a top ten defense, and it's not because of Dylan Brooks, and it's not because of Marcus Smart. Um, you know, I think Vince Williams has something to do with that, but they were good defensively before he got got into the rotation. I think Jaron, if you're gonna ascribe you can start with Taylor Jenkins and the coaching staff, but if you're gonna ascribe credit to any player on the team for that defensive quality, it's obviously Jaron Jackson Jr. All right, then you call, uh, then you talk about the uncertains. Uh, Jake, Zaire, and Santi. What, I mean, again, there's a limit to what anyone can do in the next 26 games. But what do you think, can they, I mean, uh, th- these are simultaneous. You can simultaneously improve your value as a future Grizz and simultaneously improve your value as a uh, protect uh, uh, maybe a if not a trade asset, someone that would someone would be willing to take on. What do you imagine in the best case scenario those three players could accomplish over the next twenty six games? Um, I, you know, I, I I think with Zaire, it's a question of do the Grizzlies see? And I'm not talking about that's your small forward of the future or whatever right. at this point. But I'm saying that's a rotation level player. Is there still? Interest in him and that, in you know, as a back end guy, there still just aren't many guys who are six nine and athletic and can guard on the perimeter. You know, I mean, right. there's some still enticing skill set stuff there. I think he seems to be a good fit locker room wise. I think he is well liked by the star players. It seems, and he is, and you're already paying him. And so, you know, if he becomes less of a we have to get off this contract and, and more of a like, okay, it hasn't panned out so well so far, but like, you know, we still have another contract. We'll see what happens. I think there's that. With LaRavia, you know, I, I just wonder, and this is just me speculating, but I wonder if there's some point just for, with roster crunch where you, you're willing to just wave and stretch guys. Like, I think there's some guys you won't do that with, like John Conchar, but, like, Jake LaRavia's got one year left at $3 million, right. and Utah, if he takes his player options, one year left at $2 million. If you just have no reason to believe that those guys are going to help you, and it's sunk cost anyway, and there's no trade. Are you willing to just cut those guys? And I, th- I think Laravia is at the point where he's trying to he's trying to he's trying to have an NBA career, you know, whether that's with the Grizzlies or somewhere else. Uh, how about Santi? Has Santi been passed by Gigi? Obviously, different kind of players, but um... different kind of player. But there's a lot of overlap there too. Um, I you know I I think Santi 
Sati is bigger. Sati's more of a three, four, five. Uh, Gigi's more of a, a or a four. So we put him in order. Uh, he's primarily a four who can scale down or up because of his size in game. I think Gigi is. I think you hope he's a three, but you know he probably played a lot of four the way the NBA works. So there's overlap there. And I, but I think even though they can both play, you can devise a second unit where like they're the two forwards, where they're they're both in, in a ten man rotation. There's still there's still a competition for minutes, total minutes, total shots. Like there, to me, Taylor Jenkins says he doesn't have a pecking order, but the reality is teams have pecking orders, and so there's right. a competition for pecking order. And then you know, at some point, Santi's rookie contract is going to be up, and he's actually eligible for an extension this summer. Does having Gigi Jackson wrapped up for three or four years impact, you know, whether you're willing to do a longer-term deal with Santi Aldama, you know, how much you're willing to pay to keep him on board? So I think I, I think the Gigi Jackson emergence does impact Santi's, Santi Aldama's future with the Grizzlies, potentially. So if you're the Grizzlies, like, you're trying to figure out, like, how much do we really we want to, you know, st- continue to be in the Santi Aldama business? Is, is it time to try to cash out now if we're not going to re-sign him long-term? I, I think those are those are real questions, and you know I don't think he's had a particularly good season. Obviously, the team situation has been a mess, but I, I, I think he's had a pretty erratic season. Uh, the Brandon Clark cameo, another thing to look forward to. All these in the category of things to look forward to. The Brandon Clark cameo. How much do you think? How much do you think the Grizzlies have a conviction about? what they'll be able to count on from Brandon Clark, or will that be evolving over the next three months or four months or, or you know, just from a health perspective? Oh, I think if you look at that, that injury for that kind of player in recent, in recent period, because the medical tech, your medical stuff gets better all the time. I think the assumption when he had the injury, and I think it remains the assumption as far as I can tell is that, he would be eligible to return at the end of the season, whether he plays or not, it's a different thing, but that he would clearly return by the end of the season and that it would be next season that he would be, he would be back either to what he was or something close to what he was. That, that pattern has, been, has happened in, in the recent past with other players with that kind of injury, and I assume that is the growth assumption, that, that, that he will be the rotation-level player for them next season. Is that what Terrell Arthur's injury was? Yeah, that was that was longer Different ago. The, the comp, yeah, the, he was the, never the himself again. At, yeah, yeah. The comp I've looked at is Dwight Powell. I've, I've written about that before. Dwight Powell is a center for the Dallas Mavericks, similar kind of player, six ten, bouncy center. He had the same injury at a similar point in the season, I think, two or three years ago. And if you look at that, that sort of way, the way it worked with him, he came back late the next season, and then the following season, his production was basically back to what it was before. Now, I mean, I think Brandon Clark's a better player, but but in terms of just what you were pre-injury, what right. you were post-injury, he sort of got back to what he was before. Um, okay, these are things that we can look forward to. I don't know that the back of the roster juggling is anything that people will be looking forward to. It, 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 but it's, yeah. what is of intrigue, what is of interest, what, <laughs> exactly. what is... what is a fine line. It is, something, right. it is something that they will have to figure out. And the problem now is they've got Jordan Goodwin with one game left on his 10-day. Uh, they've got Gilliard with two games left, right, that he can play, that he's eligible to play uh, on his two-way. And they got Scottie Pippen, who's hurt. And so what, 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 what are the ways forward for them at point guard? 
So, with Pippen, I don't know whether Pippen's going to play again this season or not. That was Of all the guys to get hurt, that was one of the ones you most did not want to get hurt. Right. Because you needed those minutes at point guard, and of course you really wanted to see more of him. But when they signed him, they didn't sign him just because they needed more point guard play this season. They signed him because they liked the idea of him next season. And so they're not going to cut. Even if, he, even if he's done for the year, I don't think you're going to see them cut Scottie Pippen. They want him back on that two-way next, that next season, or at least to have that team option for him. You know, Maybe something else pops up in the draft and that changes. But right now, I think the idea is having him back. Um, with Gilliard, I, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing because he's been such a sort of good soldier for the team all season. And I think they're putting it off as long as they can. I mean, they, they've set him a lot of games lately trying to put it off. But at some point, you got to use those two games you got. And once you use those two games you got, I don't, I don't, I think it's going to be hard for them to keep him on that two way when they can't play him. Um, and so and I so think there's a very good chance him. he gets cut. Yeah. God, it's a uh, cruel world. I know. And then there's the Lamar Stevens thing, which I think, I think there are fans out there who would like take to their fainting couches if they cut Lamar Stevens to <laughs> sign a guard to get them through the end of the season. And I'm not, I'm not saying they will do that, but, like, I don't think that decision is at all off the table. They could cut him because he's not going to be back anyway. And then he's presumably, probably not going to be presu- back. Presumably. He's not under contract. Even though he has played well for them in a, since he's joined the team, right. um, they could cut him and use that slot and get a point guard there. Yeah. Um, all right, so then finally... You have some games. Again, people can read this column over at the Daily Memphian. and I have tweeted it out. You have uh, some games of note on the schedule, and I will ask you to rank them. Here they are. Wemby's uh, return on April 9th. LeBron's two games on March 27th and April 12th. The Tyus Jones return game on March 12th. And, of course, what is clearly number one, uh, the Marcus All retirement contest on April 12th. Six, but we're going to stipulate that that's the one that you wouldn't miss. Of the next four, the two LeBrons, the Tyus Jones return game, or the Wemby uh, a return game. Which, what's, how do you rank them? Uh, Wemby is is an easy one. It's not even close. <laughs> Wemby's Wemby's the one. Um, he's only played here once ever, and yeah. uh, you know, and so there's, there's novelty there. Um, you know, is there risk he won't play? Yeah, but there's risk LeBron James won't play too. And so if you're stipulating he's going to play, that that is the one by far. And then I guess the LeBron stuff, and I just don't – I like Tyus Jones, but I don't, yeah, I don't no, that's got personally no care that much that's about Tyus Jones' return. That's got no juice. Um, all right, you can read the piece over at the Daily Memphian. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Thanks. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one. They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.